0: Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Do Something Beautiful Podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow. And today we get to speak with ah, someone that I got to meet in person not that long ago and I've become a big fan of, a very, very big fan of all the work that he does, not just his professionalism, but his heart behind everything. So today we're talking to filmmaker cameron o'hearn he is the founder and director of horse lord films which creates these beautiful i mean just amazing inspiring documentaries and films to really build up the kingdom of god cameron believes truly he does that catholic filmmaking is actually going to have a renaissance that will make the church trailblazers in the arts once again praise be to god I, i i hope i hope he is right on that one and i know he's doing good work to make sure it happens he actually has a bachelor's degree in divinity from Maryvale Institute and resides in Ohio with his wife and his four little kiddos. Cameron, thanks for coming to the podcast.
1: Leah, well, thanks for having me. I, I'm excited to reconnect with you and just have a have a chat.
0: Yeah. So Glad let's talk here. about that really quickly. Just before we go into, into more we, re, about us reconnecting, just to give everybody an idea. We, I, I got to work with you um, through your documentary that you are currently putting out right now, which is really interesting. We'll talk a lot more about this a little bit, but it's called Mass of the Ages. Can you just tell our listeners what that is?
1: Mass of the Ages is a trilogy of films. Um, episode one is out, and it's the case for the traditional Latin mass. So it's the trilogy about the Latin mass. And so um, episode one is out. It's a simple, inspiring introduction to the Latin Mass. Episode two comes out later this year in limited release, and that's getting more into the, the new Mass and the creation of the new Mass. And then episode 3 we'll talk about the future of the traditional Latin Mass. For a lot of viewers who follow things going on with the Latin Mass, they know that Pope Francis released a moda proprio, which severely restricts traditional Latin Mass across the world just last month. And so, Episode three, we'll talk about the future of the traditional at Mass. And that's where your story uh, would come in, <laughs> into, the, into the trilogy. So, yeah, that's why we went out to film with you. And actually, when we filmed with you, we didn't know it was going to be a trilogy. We were just making the film, Mass mm-hmm. of the Ages. And uh, it turned out that we had so much good stuff that we couldn't pack it all into one episode or one, one film. So now it's a trilogy. And you can just find it on Google by going Googling... YouTubing mass of the ages,
0: yeah, it's beautiful. It's out now, so anybody can watch it out now. Anybody we can watch the the first part now. But you had sent me a a secret link or whatever it's called to, to view it before everybody else. And I remember oh, yeah. watching it, and I actually I actually Instagrammed just me watching it. That's what I did because I was like, I can't, I, I'm not allowed to show it, but I'm going to show you me watching it. And I mean, it, it talk about awe inspiring, um, something about watching the faith that you could feel it through the screen hmm. was what my reaction ended up being watching that. It's, it's really, really beautiful. Uh, you know, a lot of, I love that you're doing this, especially Mass of the ages. A lot of people have a lot of questions about the Latin mass, or maybe it's do you th- maybe they don't have enough questions about the Latin mass. And they just have this idea that that's just something those other people do. Hmm. I mean, how do you, like what, what was your goal in creating this?
1: Well, there's a ton of misconceptions about the traditional Latin mass. And I shared some of them. I, I I'm learning. So you think I'm an expert, but, and maybe I am to some degree because I've just had been able to interview so many experts, so many really intelligent people. But even I shared some misconceptions about the traditional Latin mass and it's so rich, the history of it and the is, is really rich. And then the the changes to it are, you know, after Vatican II are just—it's like a story of twists and turns, and betrayal, and like all this—it's crazy. And yeah, the more I look into it, the more I realize there's there's even more to learn. And so the what started as I want to make a documentary about the Latin Mass to because I love the Latin Mass, let's tell people about it. It turned very quickly into oh my goodness, most Catholics don't believe in the real presence because that Pew study came out and then i wanted to make a case for why good liturgy equals good beliefs lex orandi lex credendi which is an ancient latin phrase that means the law of prayer the way we pray is the way we believe and uh, i thought the latin mass was a solid foundation of faith you know you go to mass on sunday sunday after sunday and the feast days throughout the year and it's just okay they really believe in the real presence and i thought there was a really strong connection between the way we pray on sunday and what we actually end up believing so it, it turned into this whole thing of like here's the case for the traditional latin mass for why we as a church need it and now it's it's becoming an even bigger thing where the latin mass is is under a microscope now or i guess the movement is under you know scrutiny under fire from the very top of the church and i think we're at a very important turning point in history and I just want to stay close to the Lord, so I don't <laughs> end up, you know, uh, falling off the the bark of Peter, and stay stay close to the heart of the church. Because I, I do think we're at it we're at a very important turning point in history. Where you know you look back in church history at, at crises in the church, and in the time when you're in a crisis, it's very confusing and very a lot is changing, and you can easily lose hope. So this this trilogy just really became a very big thing <laughs> over the past few years and all the more reason to just stay humble and try to follow the lord you know there's there's a reading actually this past sunday in the latin mass calendar traditional calendar from ephesians and it said that god will do so much more than we ask he can even ask for or perceive like we don't we can't even see it we we don't even know to ask for it it's so much bigger than what we can understand. And that's that's how I feel about this trilogy. I'm just a simple dude who's, who's like loves the Latin mass and loves filmmaking and uh one step at a time. And it, it's becoming this this much bigger thing than I could have believed it could.
0: Yeah, I agree. I what's been happening with your documentary Mass of the Ages is going to it's going to really be a true pivot, I think for many Catholics, many, many Catholics after they watch it. Uh, it, It's going to be one of those things where people can finally like put their stake down and be like, Oh, okay. Okay. I see. I I see what's been going on. We have not had a proper history lesson in the church about all of these things and how they've developed. and, And if so, it's probably been through a, a lens that was leaning more towards one side than the other. You know, I mean, I, I think that that's also something. Um, I, I remember also being taught about certain aspects of um, how the liturgy changed in Vatican II as if it just being completely equal. Like, it's just, it's almost just the same. It's just, we're just making it in English, like, or just make it mm-hmm. in the vernacular wherever you live so that we all can, you know, just understand it.
1: Yeah, that sounds reasonable. It's like, uh, I like the new mass because it's, isn't it just the old mass, but now I can understand it. (laughs) That's one of the misconceptions. And it's shocking when you actually look into it.
0: Right. And I I think so too. It's also shocking when that's being taught. Yeah. That's being taught. So I think that, that ultimately that documentary is going to be, is going to be something that will be a part of church history is what I'm saying. I think this documentary will not just be a, well, that was nice, but this will be a part of church history when we look back on it to allow us, the laity, to be able to see something through a more historical context of kind of what's been happening. And that will be unfolded a lot more in, in part two. So let's go back. You were talking about being a filmmaker. Like, you know, I'm just a simple dude. I love, I'm my I love filmmaking. I love the church. I love Latin mass. I'm doing this. Okay. So what made you want to become a filmmaker? Let's go back to that. Like how did that start Cameron?
1: Yeah. I didn't know filmmaking was a profession until a good way through high school. And I didn't even know it was possible. You know, you watch films in the theaters, but you don't make the connection that people make that and it's for a job. It's not like a hobby. It's not just a, a passion project. And uh, it was my senior year of high school, and there was a film class. And uh, I made just a stupid film that will never see the light of day. Actually, my wife, Amber, I didn't even show it to her, I, I don't think, until after we were married. <laughs> it's, like, I, it's like, I don't know, this, this, <laughs> when you make something when you're younger. So, like, when you make, when you're a filmmaker and you make a thing, In a year from making that thing, you look back on it and you see all the flaws in it. Like, oh, I would have done that differently, would have done that better. This is like an order of magnitude more than that. It's like my first time making a film. I was acting in it. I didn't know anything about like camera placement or audio. And, uh, but it, but what was (laughs) the, well, that sounds like then I wouldn't want to be a filmmaker after making that. But what happened was we had, at the end of the year, we had this, we screened all the films from the class. Um. So pretty full, you know, theater setting at the school. And uh, uh, a lot of the films that were shown like were just they didn't have any connecting story or thread or anything. They were just as terrible as my film, but they also didn't have a story. Now, my film had characters. It had like an arc to it. It had, you know, a, a message. And after that film ended, like standing ovation. Now, not because the film was. Great, but because I think it was surprising for people that there was actually like a, a story here, and they felt like this catharsis of getting to the end and having walked with these characters and and all this. And I remember that moment, people standing up and applauding. I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. I just, yeah. you know, from making stupid videos that no one will see, you know, in my friend's basement with him, to now showing a thing and having people respond to it was, was invigorating. And I I just wanted to do that for the rest of my life. And you know, it's certainly, uh, I've made things that I'm much more proud of than that, but that was definitely like a, an initial spark in senior, senior year of high school.
0: So what do you think it takes? I mean, I, I love this. Like you, you notice this spark, you notice this contribution that you were, you were giving to the world and to this little auditorium in high school. And you're thinking, I mean, did you think in that moment, okay, I think this is the thing I'm gonna do? Oh, uh,
1: it was it was a moment in my life I didn't know what I was gonna do. And this was the thing that just like came together in such a profound way. I I I just loved everything about the creative process. I loved the meaning behind it. Like it wasn't just a silly Film. The more I talk about this, the more people are going to ask to see it, and people are not going to see it. <laughs> but no, will
0: um, never be able to see it. I'm never, <laughs> never.
1: See it. Uh, never. You have to be a part of my family to see
0: it. You have okay? to be like a VIP event. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, be
1: like a special features of a DVD, like down the down the road. Um, yeah, but it was a point in my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and this was the only thing I could foresee myself doing. Uh, that had meaning to it. Like, I think everything I make, I want it to have a meaning to it. I don't just want it to be cool. There's a lot of filmmakers that I think get by with just making really cool stuff. And I can't do that. That doesn't get me out of bed, bed in the morning is to just make something really cool or interesting. I want to make something that like changes someone's mind or or reveals God to them in a way that's not like Typical way, you know, through a sermon or something. And I think film has that power. Where, I mean, it's it's a marriage of painting, of music, of uh, writing and acting, performing all together. And it it's a lot of threads that can catch something much bigger than the sum of its parts. And film, I think, is such a strong way to introduce people to God and uh, to to really change changed lives. I really think that films can change people's minds. Like for example, um I'm a huge Pixar fan. Mm-hmm. And we all know Pixar moments. Like the moment in a Pixar film where just like the music comes together in the right way. The characters, you know, it's the finale and it's the it's you always cry. Mm-hmm. And it's that catharsis because you you you've connected with the meaning of it. And I, you know, when I walked away from Inside Out, for example, this film about what's happening inside a girl's mind. And when you see this island of memories that she had as a girl, like start to fall and crumble away into this void. And you just like, man, only a film could have you realize how important the memories you make with your children are. And so like, that's one of, I could think of so many different moments in film that's just like, you have this meaning laid upon you, and when I went home from that film, I was like, "I'm gonna make the best memories with my daughter that I can, and uh, I think that's really the power of film
0: mm. how do you think how do you with film evangelize so talking about strictly just mm. christian Catholic perspective um how do you in what ways do you do you particular? You as Cameron, Cameron, the filmmaker of new unique gifts and talents. How do you use this, this ability of film to actually evangelize us, the
1: church? Yeah, th- this it's a very good question because it's causing me to really think deeply. And I think we could talk about this for a while, but I think it comes down to um, a lot of films, uh, Christian. Let's talk about Christian films mm-hmm. Will will lead with a message. So they will be message first, and then they'll build their characters around that message so that you watch the film and you only get the one message, right? Mm -hmm. So like a lot of Christian films will be, there's this guy who doubts, and then he has like, there's like an altar call where he believes, and then his life is really great after that. So the message is like, believe, believe in Christ. Well, that's, that's not a very effective way to evangelize. That's, a, that's an effective way to make people who, who are already Christian or Catholic or whatever, religious, feel good about themselves, but to really evangelize, and this is what I was really trying to do with Mass of the Ages episode one, was not to be like, here's the message, we're right, you're wrong, but instead, and this is a quote from Andrew Stanton, who's a writer and director at Pixar, he said, don't give people four the number 4 give people 2 plus 2 and it's a much stronger message when you can have them connect the dots and them come to their own conclusions and now i'm not saying that films should be completely like meaningless and just expressions of self cuz that's the other extreme is like oh i'm just expressing myself what do you think it means and i don't think that makes for good films i think there's a middle ground of you have a message but People are so different, they're gonna to come to that realization in different ways. so when people watch Mass of the Ages, they recognize that oh, the four last things are really important. oh, the way we worship God is really important. oh, that actually does affect like what I can see how that would affect what we believe, you know, but we're not we're not saying that thing. it's not like a an a through Z list of like here's all the things you need to believe so in one sense, I can explain how important that is and like the the approach to it but in another sense it's hard to really nail down exactly how that's done because it's at the end it's a creative process so it's you can't ever rinse and repeat the process exactly the same way i mean we're working on episode two now and it's it feels like you're just you know lord your 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 word is a lamp unto my feet a light to my path you just one step at a time and you can kind of see You know you you have your destination in mind like you're sailing to hawaii but there's always storms there's always wind changes there's always things that come in your way um and you can only see right in front of you and that's really how it feels with filmmaking you're just you're just making the next good decision and you kind of have the end in mind so i love what that's helpful
0: yeah it's very helpful i i I really love how you put this i want to kind of highlight this. This is interesting that you say this. I find this in my own life. I'd like to make a personal connection with this in just a minute. But I like what you said about the quote from Andrew Stanton. Stanton from Pixar of don't give him four, just give him give a give him two plus two. That makes sense when you allow people to come to their own expression of four from their own perspective and, you know, their experiences and their own sufferings and their own joys, whatever it is to come to say like, okay, there's this. And then these two things go together and it creates that it creates the four, whatever it is that they, they come to their own conclusions of that. But that guidance of giving them the formula and giving them here's this. And then you also are going to need this. And then they come to that same place. That's as brilliant. I mean, I know I was just thinking about how, when you were saying that I was applying it to my personal life with my, with, with, with my work. I, I do a lot of coaching with women. I've been getting, doing this more and more over the past, I guess, year or so since really since the world kind of changed and been doing a lot more coaching. And one of the things within coaching, if you're coaching someone, you're not just going to tell them like, "Okay, hey, look, <laughs> this is the issue or this is your problem.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> like you, but you're going to help them see. And you want to direct them so they they solve their own problem.
1: Yeah. So instead of saying like, um, you know, you need to spend more time working on your, more time with your like passion, like on the weekend, like you need to spend less time at work, more time with your family or whatever it is. You'll say to them, well, like what's getting in the way of your family time? Oh, well, I schedule all this stuff. Oh, do you need to schedule like all that stuff? Is that all important? No, I guess it's not that important oh, I guess what I could do is, you know, only schedule the important stuff and then leave room for my family. So instead of telling them, hey, the four, you just you just let them come to their own conclusion. I think that's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. And, you know, when when you talk about this, it also reminds me of this, the same tactic uh, that we see in the gospel show up when Jesus encounters people.
1: Hmm. Um, Yeah, he's very creative with how he communicates with people. And it's not, you know, the scripture, St. Paul, I think says, be all things to all men in the sense of you talk differently to a pagan than you would a Christian than you would a fellow, you know, brother. And yeah, Jesus was so creative in how he communicated. I mean, a third of what he taught was actually a parable. And (laughs) some of those parables, they didn't even understand them. (laughs) uh, We don't understand it, but we'll, I guess share it with other people and, uh, write it down eventually. So yeah, he was, he was a creative communicator.
0: I always, I find it interesting. Um, I think it's actually John Paul II who, who actually coined this phrase, but he talked about how Christ spoke about how Christ spoke to others in the gospel. And he calls this the, the question and answer dynamic. And so that Jesus would ask questions more often than not to people instead of statements of like, you need to do this and you do that. I mean, there are those moments. There's the sermon on the Mount. We have the beatitudes. There's yes, there's these moments, but most of the time there are questions that Christ is asking like a good life coach. (laughs) (laughs) And he asked these questions. The way, the
1: truth and the life coach.
0: Yes. The way, the truth and life.
1: The joke was a little too late, but I got it in.
0: (laughs) It's it's the only way, the only truth, the only (laughs) life coach, Uh, but he asked, he always asked the question. And if you look back on it, it's so interesting when I was studying this, um, when you, he, Jesus will always ask a question in which he is the answer.
1: Oh, wow. That's a good way to put it.
0: And <laughs> so I just, I think that allowing sometimes with whatever gifts and talents we have, like you have this gift of filmmaking, Cameron, you, and I have seen it. I have, I have seen it. I have seen, I've seen mass of the ages. I've seen part one It is a gift. It is an absolute gift, a holy contribution that you're giving to the world, to the church. And this gift that you're giving allows us to ask questions, Mm -hmm. allows us to begin to go deeper. And I just think for each and every one of us, for everybody listening, like you have a gift, a holy contribution that God is asking you to work with him for the world. And it's, it's being able to allow Jesus to ask you, you know, to receive those questions from Jesus. And to see that he's also the answer in that too. I just think it's really beautiful what, what you're doing with filmmaking and you're doing with your talents that goes deeper to seeking truth and helping others ask those tough questions in their life.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think coming back to the question answer thing that you brought up about Christ is, I think that's, that's another way to say what I was saying earlier, which is you're not just in filmmaking, you're not just like expressing yourself. You have a message, but you don't want the message to be, it's more effective if, you know, like we've said before, if they, if they come, you know, they could be on any detour, they could be anywhere in the country, so to speak, in in an analogy sense. But if they want to get to one city, they can get to it from a lot of different ways and people are all across the board. And so you don't just want to say, here is the conclusion. But in the same way, Christ was the answer to these questions. When you're watching the film, here's the answer. But people, you you got to hear some of these comments. People are people are unpacking things about the film that I didn't even realize, <laughs> and I, I can't remember uh, some of them now. But it's just amazing when you when you just reframe the conversation. Yes, there's a strong message to the film, but it's not it's not knock you over the head. It's like It has a lot of different roads kind of leading to the same destination. It's amazing how people will just how people have been inspired and touched by it in ways I didn't I didn't imagine they would be. Um, And that's the power of honestly letting God just do do what he wills with you. I mean, this film didn't come out of me sitting in a room and thinking of great ideas and doing those great ideas. It came out of me like stumbling through the dark. And trying my darndest to trust in the Lord and doing a thing, realizing it wasn't the right thing because of like, he would make it clear and say, no, go this way, whether it's through my wife or advisors. And so how powerful that is when you just, whatever the thing is you need to do, if it's an important project or or whatever, if if it's a thing that is going to touch people, the littler you are (laughs) and the better you are at listening in your prayer time. The better the project's gonna be, the fruits are gonna come. And we've seen so many fruits from this project of you know, we knew a lot of people would see it, but just the overwhelmingly positive feedback we've been getting of people. Okay, I'm gonna go to the Latin Mass. I haven't been before, and now I'm excited to do that. And and we there wasn't all this, you know, vitriol that we were expecting. There's some, there's always some, but uh, you know, you're making a film about the traditional Latin Mass, and there can be Ooh, you're touching something that you don't really want to talk about in polite company. You know, um, it can, it can really set people on edge when you start talking about the way you worship. So how do you worship on Sunday? Let me tell you why it's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's the power of filmmaking. You, so I, here's an analogy and I know we're, we're kind of all over the place, but Peter Kraft said that, you know, everyone has their castle that they've built and inside is their, is there like, soul and you can reach their soul by trying to climb this castle and you set up your ladders and got to get across the moat and it's really difficult to climb up but beauty so that's the way to get through like truth is like argumentation well beauty is like music it just goes through the walls and it's it's not it doesn't strain it just goes through the walls and it's in a sense unstoppable and so the more beautiful thing is more truly beautiful a thing is the more effective it is at reaching people right in the soul. <laughs>
0: Amen. I lo- I love that. I I was just talking having a conversation last week about these transcendentals of truth, beauty and goodness and a person was was honestly asking me this question about do you really think that beauty has an impact still? I'm um, considering as much disorders in the world. And you know, my my only my my thought at the time, my response at the time was was just you know, depending on what you, what type of media you consume, truth is very distorted and it has been canceled a lot of times for the most part. Goodness has been hijacked, or at least the, yeah. us being able to see it of what truly is good. I was like, so sometimes at this stage in, in humanity, all we have left is beauty. Mm. All we have left is, is, to, is to live a beautiful life to do the beautiful things, to say the beautiful words, to to truly put that transcendental beauty, that stamp of beauty on everything we do so that when people can see us, that they can see something beautiful going on. Mm. And yes, it's not going to be proclamation on the soapbox of the gospel, maybe all the time, but there's going to be something that's going to ask the questions. And I think that my experience of just receiving um, your gift of what you're doing in film filmmaking has been has been one that has allowed the beauty to go to touch my soul, as you said, with that analogy of the castle from Dr. Peter Craft. but so that I could ask questions. I was asking more and more questions and I'm a Latin mass goer now. I'm a new Latin mass goer. You may or may not know that by some of my posts, but I am. And I'll talk more about that as time goes on. But I mean, I, Ricky and I are just new to this. We're like less than two years in, I think, or something like that. And you're, I mean, it's just what, what beauty does it end up asking like deeper questions. And it's the questions that really matter. I think that's important too, is that that's what beauty does. Beauty, beauty cuts through all the crap and it gets down to like the things that truly matter, the things that last. And I think that, you know, what, what a gift that is to be able to experience that.
1: Yeah. Let's say, I would say to you, like, you know, it, it doesn't really matter that you have this great podcast and great ministry. It matters is your family. Let's say I wanted to give you that message. That's true, and that is the thing that you know has a certain degree of effectiveness for me. Just saying it to you, and uh, but then you watch a film. I'm <laughs> going back to Pixar films, but a film like Soul, which was directed by Pete Doctor of Pixar. Did you see that one, Soul? Uh-huh, I did. Okay, so I didn't. I wasn't really jiving with it for the first half or so of the film. Actually, the the premise really interesting. This person. I uh, um, uh, forget his name. Joe Gardner wants to be a musician. That's his passion. He like, that's the thing he wants. And he wants to perform on stage with one of his idols. He's a school music teacher and he has this great aspiration. He finally gets the opportunity to go on stage with his idol. But then as he walks out of the theater, he steps through a manhole and dies. <laughs> and so now he's in this afterlife state. And he's trying to get back to Earth to fulfill his dream. For anyone who doesn't want the kind of meaning of the film spoiled, maybe skip forward a minute, because <laughs> I'll quickly go through this. But he he ends up having this experience. It's kind of hard to explain without explaining the whole film. But basically, it's a lot of disconnected moments in his life that kind of happen during the course of a day or two. And then he's sitting at the piano uh, after he feels like Everything is lost. You know, he no longer or no, this is what happened. He performs with his idol. So he gets what he wants. He's sitting there at the at the piano and he's like, was that it? You no, know, is that really what what I was striving so much for? Well, then what happens? He's sitting at the piano. He has all these random items he's collected over the course of the day. And he's just looking at them and he starts to play this song. And as he's playing the song, he has this flashback to like each moment in the day, eating pizza. I'm like tearing up, but eating pizza, watching these little helicopters come down from the tree. And then he starts to remember moments in his life, like sitting next to his dad, playing piano for him, teaching one of his students to play drums, watching fireworks with his family. And the point of that is, and it all comes together in this moment where, yeah, if I told you that life is not about this big dream you have, it's about the vocation in front of you. That would have a certain amount of effectiveness. But then you see this film and it all culminates in this moment where you realize life is worth living, not because we have these big dreams, but because it's life, it's life itself. Mm -hmm. And all the little things in life are so meaningful when you just get that 20,000 foot view of sitting there with my daughter and she's eating a bagel and getting cream cheese on her face. That is what life is about. And <laughs> everything I'm doing in filmmaking, like, yeah, it might make a big impact. But if I miss out on the vocation in front of me, I mean, that is what my work serves is, is my family who, who I, I love and need to love and the impact I can make with just my family. But again, it's not about the impact, how big or broad it is. It's just about, wow, we, have a lo- we are alive. We are alive. And we didn't sign up for that. We didn't choose to be born. What a gift it is to be alive and to be alive today as, as crazy as the world is, mm. is what a gift and everything in front of us, all the little things in life. So that is, that is the power of beauty. Like it opens, Oh my goodness. Opens your eyes to, to the meanings of things. The so beauty is not just about aesthetics. Oh, I like this. You like that. It, it it's capital B beauty. And it, it, it it boils down to just the meaning in life and it really helps you like see things from a completely new perspective that's why dostoevsky a great russian author wrote those words that everyone quotes beauty will save the world and beauty was a person beauty was christ the most beautiful thing in existence and uh yeah so i i could t- that that movie just like crushed me when i got got to that scene just couldn't believe it
0: it, it, it had to, if it didn't have that scene, I don't think it would have had no meaning, honestly. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Very important. Like that was the entire is like, I feel like the filmmakers are saying, this is why you've watched all of this. <laughs> like, this is the point.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I love films like that. There's a, there's a, um, an independent film that people can look up called ink and mm-hmm. it's like a D minus, maybe C plus for 80% of the film. And then you get to the end and it's like everything makes sense and everything is that much more meaningful. It's actually almost a good analogy for life. I mean, you can, you can go through life and it's like, what is the meaning of this and that, and the other thing. And then there's this moment of harmony where you realize it was all for something. Um, and it reminds me of another Dostoevsky quote. I, I, I'm like a uh Pixar fanatic. Um, I should start a club where, you know, we read Dostoevsky and watch Pixar or something. Um, But there's another quote in The Brothers Karamazov where Dostoevsky Dostoevsky wrote that he believes at the end of all things that everything will vanish like a pitiful mirage. And at the moment of eternal harmony, something so beautiful will come to pass that it will not only, you know, comfort our resentments, but it it will suffice for all of our pains it will it will justify all that has happened something so beautiful will come to pass that it will suffice for all hearts and that's like such a wonderful way to put it like that is hope right that's hope in a nutshell something will come to pass i don't quite know what it's going to look like christ will come the new kingdom kingdom will be fulfilled and it will suffice for everything literally everything.
0: Love it. Cameron, I want to ask you a question about what we've been talking about of, of just, you know, your, your work of being a filmmaker and doing all this stuff, but also what we have not, not briefly, but very rather, you know, intentionally maybe even touched on the real meanings of our lives and our vocation, you know, as you as husband and, and father. And, myself as wife and mother. How, how has, um, and I know it has, but how has your vocation impacted filmmaking? How has filmmaking impacted your vocation?
1: Oh my goodness. Can I spend a month in a cabin and then write a book about that?
0: Yes, you Cause... need to. <laughs> <laughs> One thing. Wow. Just...
1: What, a, what a question. One thing. Well, let me think. Um, well, I think as a, as a dad, I mean when when you you can't really understand life unless you've been through certain things in life. So I think um you know the, I'm I'm sure there's things where as a dad, you know, when I'm making something I can really kind of walk the audience through, you know, a moment in a film. Something that's just coming to mind is when my dad died 3 years ago. Uh that is like you go through life, you expe- I mean when you experience the death of a father who who was um, not supposed to die was Mm -hmm. healthy and it was a complete shock and it was immediate Um, it changes how you view life and you're forever changed and I think everything like that will influence an artist so you know when, when we made episode one the epiphany for us was oh this film is about death and death forces us to think of what matters the most. Um, and I don't think that would have been as deftly communicated if my dad didn't pass away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the moments with the family would have been as uh, important to the film if I didn't have kids. I'd be like, well, why are we worrying about that? Um, but then those things like the the impact we leave on our family, the the loss of a loved one, like I had to go through those and experience those to really understand how to communicate them or at least why they're important. Now, how has filmmaking impacted uh, my vocation? That's a good question. Well, I, I, I will say that being my own working for myself has uh, forced me to, to, to answer the question, like what is most important? Because I, my schedule is mine to a certain extent. And, a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs get lost in working 80-hour weeks and because there's always more they can do. There's always more money they can make. And uh, I found myself just scheduling certainly more uh, family time than other entrepreneurs I know um, because that's really important to me. I, <laughs> I don't want to get to the end of my life wishing I had made more films. I want to get to the end of my life knowing that I just love – the hell out of my kids, literally, <laughs> and just loved my wife. And man, that man really loved, you know, that's what you want people to say at the end of it all. So yeah, I, I, I got to think more about that because I there's not really very specific examples to draw from. And I'm more just entering into like a psychology uh, session or something. Like I should lie down and start talking about myself and my feelings.
0: Oh, I love it. It was beautiful to listen to, you know, these types of conversations are always worth having those ones that make us, you know, question what we're doing and check ourselves regularly to make sure that we're doing the most important things. You know, the things I I always like to talk about how we have a to-do list and God has a must-do list. Like God only gives us a few things probably each day that we must do. Like you must be. Mm, but we have this to-do list and it's very long. Yeah. We have things on our to-do list that uh, don't even matter, but we just want to check it off because it makes us feel good type of a thing. And the must do's are some of the things that remind me of what you were just talking about, like loving our children and loving our spouse um, truly sincerely and serving in that role. And I, I think that that is that type of service overflows uh, because who we are and what God asks us to do are not separate things, hmm. but one. And so when you, like you, Cameron, as you're not just Cameron filmmaker, you know, in my, <laughs> this is from my perspective, but you're, you're Cameron, you know, husband, um, you're Cameron, uh, father. And, and, and all of that makes you, you know, do all those things that you do on the side. Just that's right. Whole.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not disconnected. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if God is going to accomplish, uh, God is amazing. I mean, he doesn't just have a professional do a professional thing, but he has a person with all their experiences and gifts do something that no one else could. Cause they're not that person.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. It makes me think of uh to-do list. Like Amber and I, um, she has a podcast called diapers and disciples that uh. I love it. <laughs> she, uh, She did a good job building an audience for and uh, one of the things we talked about is just how how little it takes to give your kids a really good day and uh, like do one thing in your day that really they'll just remember. It's like, oh, that was an amazing experience. So like for as a dad, it doesn't take long for me to wrestle with my kids, like throw them on the bed Uh, 10 minutes and we're all winded. But what an impact that makes. That that's the thing they're gonna remember when they go to bed at night. And it's so easy for me. And I'm talking to myself, I'm looking at myself in my screen and I'm talking to myself. It's so easy to like, I'm tired at the end of the day, my mind is shot, and I just want to veg, just want to turn on my phone. And uh, but it doesn't take long to make a kid's day meaningful. <laughs> uh so I'm gonna do that today. <laughs>
0: Amen. I'm going to do something too today with my kids to make sure that their day is special. I love that. That was, a, you know, that's a great challenge. That was a great challenge for me. Thank you. That's oh, good. that
1: good. yeah, that's a challenge. That's this right. A
0: challenge. We're, we're kind of at that point of like giving a challenge to our l- listeners. I don't know if there should be anything better. Like if you make someone's life a little bit better today. <laughs> All right. I should just let you do the challenge. Gosh, I'm such an I'm such an oldest child. Like I just speak for everybody. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I
1: already said the challenge. And you called it a challenge, so it's done. It's that's what done.
0: it is there's your challenge people go make someone's life better a little bit better. You can make someone's life. I'm sure there's someone around you Spouse, give them
1: give smile. them all your focus and just love them so much and just like be all theirs for five minutes. make and,
0: it it's uh, it. awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna have like some long. Eye contact with the- <laughs> with a stranger. The grocery store, like I. Just- yeah, the
1: cashier. Like I have, I haven't loved anyone all day. I need <laughs> to look at you.
0: <laughs> you buddy. Oh my gosh, That's so good. Okay, okay. Listen, my friends, I'll leave all of the information inside the show notes for you to get in touch with Cameron. Make sure though, as we have been talking about often, the Mass of the Ages documentary. It is there for you to look at. You can grab that at theliturgy.org, theliturgy.org. Make sure you check that out. We'll also list the Mass of the Ages Instagram account that you can follow, the YouTube channel that they have that has all of their amazing stuff on. Um, Cameron, you're, I mean, it's just, it's always a joy. It's always a pleasure, honestly speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. I want to send people to horselordfilms.com also because you'll find a documentary about my dad. It's a found mm-hmm. footage documentary. And I would say it's the thing I'm most proud of.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Very good. We'll make sure you put that up, up at the top. Course Lord Films, right?
1: Yep.com. That's right.
0: Horse Go check out those. Thanks, docs. Leah. You are Appreciate welcome. It. All right, my friends. Uh, thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you so much for supporting us here at the Do Something Beautiful podcast. And remember, whatever you do today, do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. And we'll talk to you
1: later.